Welcome to the Wits and Weights podcast. I'm your host, Philip Pape, and this twice-a-week podcast is dedicated to helping you achieve physical self-mastery by getting stronger, optimizing your nutrition, and upgrading your body composition. We'll uncover science-backed strategies for movement, metabolism, muscle, and mindset with a skeptical eye on the fitness industry so you can look and feel your absolute best. Let's dive right in. Welcome to another episode of Wits and Weights. I think this is going to be an epic conversation. I can tell you that already just from listening to my guests um, on their podcast. They throw down the gauntlet. They help us all see the light (laughs) when it comes to the fitness industry. They tell it like it is. They dish out a ton of extremely valuable information just to help you get better results in the gym and in life. My guests today are Katie Kolath and Heather Hamilton of Barpath Fitness and the Stronger Than Your Boyfriend podcast. Make sure to subscribe, everyone, please. Barpath Fitness is an LGBTQ plus and women-owned online remote coaching business where Katie and Heather help people get stronger, reduce pain, and look and feel better without shortcuts, gimmicks, or quick fixes. They've been trainers for over 15 years and offer personalized remote fitness and nutrition coaching. They also host the Stronger Than Your Boyfriend podcast, where they dive into important and often controversial topics in their trademark style. That combines science and spunk, those are my words, not theirs, <laughs> to help you sift through toxic misinformation in the fitness industry. I love that. We should use that. <laughs> there you go, you know, <laughs> alliteration. Thanks, Phil. <laughs> you got it? No, you got it. So uh, Katie and Heather specialize in helping people get out of a restrictive mindset so they can build muscle, move better, and feel more confident. They don't advocate for endless cardio or restrictive diets but instead quality movement, efficient training methods, and slow habit changes over time to improve quality of life. Katie and Heather, after that long but deserved intro, (laughs) I'm looking forward to this, and I'm super excited to have you on the show. Yeah, thank you. Well, we're really excited to be here, and now I feel really good with that super long intro. Yes, thank you. Confidence boost, so. (laughs) Awesome. No, good. And and I'm going to try to match your energy, too. I love it. So, uh, you know, let's get started at the top with your story. You've been trainers for over 15 years, not to mention powerlifting, Olympic lifting, fitness educators, and you've built what looks to be a high impact remote coaching business. So just tell us how you got into fitness and turned that into careers. Yeah, well, I guess I'll start. Um, I I think I started as a personal trainer in college and it wasn't even the route that I was wanting to go. I just kind of fell in love with it. And then I went on to get my master's degree in physiology and I realized that I didn't really want to work in like the lab setting. I was more into the the one-on-one personal time with people. So once I moved back to Chicago from grad school, I pretty much dove in, you know, head on with, with in-person personal training. And that's how I built my experience as a trainer and, you know, just kind of went from there. And I know Heather will, will probably talk a little bit about, you know, how we got into like building this, this business, but together, but that's kind of my trajectory. It wasn't like, yeah, I love fitness and I've always wanted to do this. It was like kind of a quick pivot once I was in college, but yeah, I kind of just fell in love with it from, from yeah. college on. So yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. My story is, I guess it starts in kind of in high school. I never played sports. I was uh, not a great athlete <laughs> as a kid. And uh, I, I told this whole story on our podcast, I think in the beginning in one of our like beginning episodes. So I'll, I'll keep it short, but basically um 
I uh, had dropped out of high school when I was about 16, um, just got in with the wrong crowd, wasn't really doing too well, um, and then started doing uh, choir, show choir, actually, which is like mm-hmm. Broadway, kind of. <laughs> and mm-hmm. if you know anything about that, there's singing and dancing. There's a lot of diaphragmatic breathing. There's movement. There's a lot of things that you have to be like somewhat fit for. Um, so I decided to kind of really lean into that. And that's when I started working out. And I ended up going back to school or well, getting my GED, uh, going back to school, getting my bachelor's and my master's um, in applied health science. From there, I started working at universities. Um, so I was the director of fitness, well, started as a coordinator, worked my way up to director at five different universities um, throughout the United States. One of them is where I met Katie. Yeah, I was her boss for a very short amount of time. Yeah, we were not we were not dating. When <laughs> no, that we're not dating at that point, so... but that's how we met. Um, and yeah, uh, after that, I just kind of, we, we started our brand, uh, back in, what was it? 2016. Yeah. yeah. And we've also, we've always kind of worked together. So we yeah. are married now. Um, but we have worked from a university to a gym. We worked together to yeah. starting this business. So yeah. Yeah. It's kind of just worked out that way. I wouldn't always recommend working <laughs> no, with your spouse either. or partner. It's just, <laughs> or coaching them, right? <laughs> it seems to mesh well as far as like our strengths and yeah. weaknesses and in business. So yeah. 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 You guys definitely seem to click and I can hear that. So it's really cool to hear that story. I mean, you both came from completely different paths, but then you met yeah. and it, it kept it going. Um, yeah. I did want to ask about the brand itself then. Why did you start Bar Path Fitness specifically? you know, the thing that sparked your desire to make that impact with remote coaching, especially, because I know you have all these different backgrounds and you could have gone different directions. Yeah. Um, and I think you've really impressively fused your personality into your brand as well. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. Yeah. Um, we, so in 2016, back when we started it, we initially just started it as a blog because we were, we just wanted to start putting information out there because I remember before we were, you know, when we were just friends, we had talked about potentially opening a gym one day. So we kind of always had this idea of going into business together and we realized, okay, it's a, you know, shit ton of money to start a gym. And there's a lot of startup costs that come, come with that. So mm. we were like, okay, well, what if we just start with, with a blog and like see what goes from there? Because we were both working at a big box gym in Chicago at the time. So there was kind of a you know little clause there where you couldn't really go out on your own yet. So we just really started diving into the research. We wrote blogs on it. And mostly because from what I was seeing, and I was still kind of a green trainer, but I realized some basic principles that help people. And what I was seeing from other trainers and clients that I, you know, I, I was getting in the gym and what they thought about fitness, it was just so wrong and so off and not what they needed. And I was like, why is this just so prevalent in the fitness industry? Why are they having them do these, you know, crazy workouts that aren't getting mm-hmm. that results? So we wanted to just, we wanted to start somewhere and we started writing and it's somewhat of our, both of our strong suits. I mean, I started, she edits and, you know, we finish it, but <laughs> we also wanted to apply like some research too. And, uh, you know, we, we tried to get a little mesh of both, like, you know, applying it to the yeah, average person yeah. and, and while incorporating the research. So we started there. So yeah. I think that's a good point to bring up too. I think one of the things we noticed when we first built this brand is that there weren't a lot of women in the space. There weren't a lot of LGBTQ plus women in the space. And the women that are in the space, typically, um, it's almost like they need to be, you know, top of the line. Like you've got to either have all of these crazy records mm. or you have to have your PhD or, you have or, to have apps. or apps. <laughs> yeah. Abs and, and an ass. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. We, we wanted to show that, you know, you can, there's a mixture of 
um, of, you know, evidence-based, you know, training, and then there's, there's experience. And when you combine those two things, like, wow, you really get something great. And we wanted to be a couple of women, specifically LGBTQ plus women in the space. Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, it, it definitely was one of our missions because that, I mean, that obviously was a big part of it. Like I would, I think I was the only female trainer at one point at this big box gym oh, yeah. and it was very, it was a rough environment to get started in. Like, I don't think mm. a lot of clients even wanted to train with me at first until I convinced them to in, mm-hmm. in my own way. Right. Like, right. With, you know, producing some results, I'm not saying I was the best trainer when I started, but <laughs> it was like, was doing I don't know, some different, a different style of training than most of the trainers in there. Like I wasn't just doing, you know, box jumps to burpees and all this bullshit that people do just to make their clients sweat. It was like, I'm going to coach you through the process. I'm going to actually teach you why I'm doing what I'm doing. Like you're going to ask questions and I'm going to have answers. And if I don't, I'm going to refer you to someone who does. So, yeah. Uh, I love all of that. There's, there's a lot to unpack, but I want to cover a few things. (laughs) I mean, you know, you, I hear a lot of personal trainers that come through as personal trainers and they kind of build from there. And you, you took the route of, um, with the blog, you know, the long form content, which you still do today with your podcast kind of allowed you to dig in. It almost sounds like you then also learned a lot in the process of doing the research and finding the evidence that then combined with what you were doing, uh, combined with your niche or your, you know, your audience that wasn't served, you know, women, LGBTQ women, et cetera. Um, you mentioned, I think Heather, you mentioned the evidence-based training plus experience. And I think a lot of times people don't give enough credit to the anecdotes from years and years of experience you have working with clients, right? And yeah, that yeah. is evidence too, right? Yes, that that's so that true. is evidence. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. well, it's, it's what we preach a lot because there is, yeah, there's research studies, but you, I mean, we've all read research studies before, right? Like you can pretty much find any to support your point of view mm, sure. if you really, really wanted to. But there's also like, the 10 years that I've been training now, every individual person is different. And it's like, okay, this one thing might not apply to this, this person. So it's like, you have to be able to adapt and experience is what makes the trainer and everyone needs to start somewhere. That's why I was saying like, I wasn't the best trainer when I started, but I had some solid foundations, but Mm -hmm. I obviously have learned a ton. And it's like, the more you go in this industry, the more you realize you don't know. And that's the most exciting part. Because you yeah. just have this, there's so much capacity to to learn as you're coaching clients too. Like you might believe one thing and this one thing might have worked for so many clients over the years. Then you get this one client who it doesn't work for and you're like, you're for, and your, your paradigm is just kind of shattered and you're like, all right, well, back to the drawing board. Like, let's figure it out. So, yeah. Well, and that sounds like what a good coach does is make it individualized like that. And you're yep. right. You have 99 people that fit the normal curve and then the other one comes along like strange outlier and that's going to teach you. Um, Cool. So yeah. Now, Heather, you're an elite level power lifter, right? With the USPA. I know I saw it on your website, so I'm going to pull stuff from there. Oh, by the way, what, what other comment was, uh, for people listening, the website says like, don't continue if you want fast six pack abs or something. Uh, (laughs) And you had mentioned it, right? Cause it's a process, but yeah, um, yeah, totally. So compete uh, powerlifting, right? So actually yeah. my very first coaching client as a nutrition coach was also a powerlifter with the Connecticut nice. USPA. So that's kind of cool. Awesome. Um, and yeah. How how has competing helped influence your brand, your mission, your coaching style? Yeah. Uh, so I think like when we first met, um, I know Katie was really into like bodybuilding back then. Yeah. Um, and I must have just been getting into powerlifting at that time. Yeah. We ended up doing our first meet together, actually, which was really cool. Um, and we did a bunch of meets after that together. And um, then I went on and continued to compete in powerlifting for 
years. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think that the biggest thing for us was, um, I suppose the, the empowerment that you feel, um, when doing these like full range of motion, heavy compound lifts, right? So it's not necessarily about the sport itself as much as it is that, um, you, those, you know, the squat bench and the deadlift, while those aren't the, you know, the only three moves, they're, they're three very good compound lifts. And when you can, you know, deadlift two, three times your body weight, it, it's even one times your body weight sometimes, you know, it's just, it's so empowering. Um, and especially so, for women, especially for women. Yeah. And so that was, I think something that really just kind of stuck with us and has stuck with us throughout the brand. And it's kind of where we came up with the name at first, we were very barbell focused. Um, so that's mm. kind of our path, uh, a portion of it. it. Um, yeah. and that continued when Katie got more into Olympic lifting and we both became Olympic lifting coaches and, uh, yeah, but I think, I think that whole concept just kind of stuck with our brand. Yeah, it definitely it set the foundation for bar path just because that that is the reason why I had some solid foundations going into my training personal training career because I you know who who I don't know what I would have done if I hadn't learned about like squatting deadlifting the importance of these bigger compound movements maybe I would have been that trainer just making you jump around doing burpees and making mm. you sweat right mm. but I I had some solid foundations that powerlifting taught me and I I'll be forever grateful for that experience yeah, and I totally loved competing and it was super fun but you know you can go to the other extreme with any sport any sport and for me it just kind of got like to be too much that's why and I just kind of get I have workout ADD sometimes so mm-hmm. I, that's why I went from powerlifting to olympic lifting but it was really cool because like Heather said when we first met I was kind of into that bodybuilding like I'm just gonna like do like you know, body part splits sure. and whatever. <laughs> and this was really cool because it shifted the focus from aesthetics, which most people have onto like, I want to get strong as fuck. <laughs> like, yeah. and it was really cool because now I'm like eating to fuel my body. Like I need to eat to fuel this performance if I want to do well in the meat. And I just felt better overall. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. And I didn't get fat. Like I thought I would like back then. Right. Like, <laughs> oh, I'm going to eat more and I'm just going to get fat. Blah, blah, blah. Like, but mm-hmm. no, it, happen and I just got strong and looked better. And yeah, it just, it set the, set the foundation for the brand. And that's why we're, we want to help people, help women, especially get strong as shit. So yeah. Uh, I love that Katie. I love it so much. Everybody listening should really listen to this episode and hear what you're saying because, um, I, I hear the same thing, especially, and I have women clients who they have to strength train. Like that's one of my prerequisites for working with me as a nutrition coach. And, And it always switches from, a focus on the scale eventually to their lifts. And it's just gr- yep. a great transformation to see. And then it, you're right. It leads to the other things, building and adding and including and not mm-hmm. like restricting and cutting yourself down. Um, su- yeah. Such a great message. So yeah, yeah, that's that is really our, cool. yeah. that's our biggest message is we always want to add in things to people's lives because women, especially they go into fitness because usually they want to look a certain way and they're just like, I have to restrict, I have to, you know, restrict my time so that it's only in the gym. So I could see these, these results that I want, but really it's coaching them and teaching them. No, you don't have to do that. You can add these things, look really good, feel really good, which is the most important. And that's why we always like, yeah, nutrition is so important. Like we, we talk about that all the time, but man, strength training is just as important. Like it, I know people, Mm -hmm. you know, in the fitness industry, people are like, you know, it's 80% diet and 20% workouts. Mm. I think that's bullshit. I think it's <laughs> probably more so the the resistance training and the strength training because you can get away with a lot of shit when you when you do some resistance training. Like obviously 
eating, eating enough protein and calories is important, but it's like, man, people really overlook that aspect. Like, yeah, if your nutrition is on point, but you're doing a bunch of cardio training, like you're still not going to get the body composition you want. Right. And we you're all know the muscle. Yeah. We all know that's what women are looking for, whether they think it's toning, whether they think it's whatever, getting lean and long muscles, <laughs> but it's, it's no, you have to strength train to build the muscle because that's what they mean. So See, this is why I want to do it on the show, because you yeah. can say it in a way that I can't. And also, I can't talk to women that way, necessarily. <laughs> I will do it for you. <laughs> no, I could do it one-on-one, but not a not yeah, show. Right. But, yeah. Oh, my God. That, that's that's so awesome. I mean, I basically agree a thousand percent with, um, with what you're saying. And, and yeah. let, let's pick out some of those messages. One is that the training allows you to have more resilience and flexibility and everything else, yes. mm-hmm. right? That's a huge message, right? Mm-hmm. The other is it's not all about diet. Uh, people who need to lose fat probably need to fix their diet. But if you're not training, what are you going to do? You're just going to lose muscle in the process. Exactly. Right? So you need, yep. Yeah. So every part of the step along the way, training has to be there. Um, yeah. I've even heard people talk about protein, like protein's important, but without the training signal, it doesn't do a lot for you. Would you yeah. Think? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it can preserve some muscle if you're not training, but like, I'd rather see people eat protein than not either way. But yeah, like if you're not sending the stimulus to your body to get stronger, well, and build muscle, then yeah, I mean, there's not really a, I mean, there's a point always, I shouldn't say that, but it's like, they go hand in hand and you can't, you know, get the results you're looking for without both of them. So Mm -hmm. yeah. Now from one coach to another, I like to peer behind the curtain with your process a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, I am curious about the intake and all that, but but I really want to talk about when you decided who you could serve and how you can help them. You sort of already talked about that. It's it's it became fairly clear, um, and maybe you were ahead of the curve back. You said 2016 timeframe. Mm-hmm. Um, w- was it was it a more gradual process, or did it did you kind of have to weed out the non ideal client over time? And now now you've gotten that clarity. Oh my god, that was a process. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. And it will kill me. No, no. <laughs> we'll kill you. We it. no, it, it it has been a process because when you're starting out with in-person training, you kind of just take whoever, right? Yeah, so right. for me, it she would always get so frustrated because I'm like, I don't want to niche down. I want to help everyone. Like, yeah, most and I'm like a marketing person. Yeah. So, so I'm she like, understands I, it. You know all this stuff. <laughs> yeah. So if you're working at a big box gym in Chicago, you're gonna get any and everyone, right? I mean, there's like market conditions, like where your neighborhood is at, like you might get mm-hmm what type of person than than a, you know another but right. but it's foot traffic I, exactly yeah. so that wasn't something i ever thought about most personal training clients are women so that's one of the more you know prevalent type of person that you see right is, is a woman mm-hmm. so that's why where the the basic foundation is like okay we have like this powerlifting background we know this is important like the strength training aspect and we we do serve a lot of women okay that's kind of like bare minimum but then along the way it's just like I don't know. I think you should talk about this as far as like the marketing piece, because it's, it's really important for, if you want to build an online business, yeah. you have to have a niche. Like you can't just be like, I serve everyone. Like, right. mm-hmm. yes, you can, but also you have to market to a certain person. So I feel like you should talk about yeah, that. No, totally. I think it really shifted when we moved from Chicago to Colorado in 2019. Mm-hmm. So this was right before the pandemic actually. Yeah. Um, Cause we were starting to do some online things to supplement our income. We knew that we didn't want to do the, you know, 4 a.m. client, noon client, and 7 p.m. client forever. No. <laughs> so we we wanted to have something online as well, hence the blog and all that. But really in 2019, when we moved across the country uh, together, we brought some people with us online. And that started kind of really the online portion of our brand. We yeah. had done some 
you know, Excel document training and things like that. But we didn't start using apps and all that jazz until we moved out here. Um, and it just so happened it was about a year before the pandemic hit. Yeah. So the timing was, I mean, un unfortunately, unfortunately the perfect. timing was good. Yeah. <laughs> Not perfect, but yeah. Good, yeah. Um, it worked out well. Um, and we even were able to. So I, since I've always worked at universities, I've always been a partner with various certification programs. So I was at the time I was a partner with ACE. Um, mm -hmm. And I was doing, I was teaching the ACE certification. So in my role at universities, I would train personal trainers. Um, and so because I was a partner with them, we were able to create a course for other trainers, teaching them how to move their business online. Okay. So during the pandemic, that's one of the things that we did. We don't do that anymore just because now it's, it's everywhere. Yeah, it's um, everywhere. But at the right. time, we were kind of able to jump on that. Um, but anyway, back to the point of niching. Um, yeah, that's kind of when we really started honing in on our message a little bit more. Um, and we really were attracting the people mostly because of the way Katie talks. Yeah. <laughs> that's kidding. what it's all about. It's you. You're the, you're the product. Really, yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, yeah. you, you're going to turn some people off and that's yeah. okay. And then you're going to attract people that are really, really excited about what you represent. And we've always just been so value driven. Like we have mm -hmm. always stood by our values and been very authentic. Like we've never ever, honestly, we've never partnered with like a crazy supplement company or taken yeah. on any sponsorships or anything that we didn't believe in. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, sometimes awesome. that's hard to get a business off the ground. So that's why it took a long time, but yeah. now I'm very, very proud of it. Like yeah. I feel really good about where we're at and what we've done and how we've built it authentically. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just listening to your podcast, I could envision the the audience, you know, and the people that are going to be <laughs> yeah. attracted to you. No. So it's so clear that, you know, like you said, you filter out people that just aren't going to get it or want to yeah. work with you, or maybe they'll get offended by yeah. how you talk or whatever it is. Yeah. And you're going to attract who you are. And that's, that's the differentiator, right? Cause yeah. every, every, anybody can do the same type of programming and, you know, do mobility and do full ROM and right. all this other stuff, but you are yeah. who you are. So that's, I, I will uh, say, yeah. <laughs> I feel like people might be a little scared of me, but I, <laughs> I, I very much am not like, I'm not going to yell at you if you're my client. Like sometimes right, there is right. some tough love. And uh, honestly, that depends on the person too. Like I have a couple clients who they're like, I need you to just yell at me. And I'm like, are <laughs> yep. you sure? And they're like, yeah, we respond really well to that. And I'm like, okay. And I have no problem doing that, but it's like, I'm not going <laughs> to, the way I talk on the podcast probably comes off like kind of an asshole, but I can be, um, but I'm not <laughs> yeah, yeah. most of the time. She actually but. leads with a lot of empathy in her yeah. session. Oh, yeah. you can hear that. The, yeah, the empathy. Yeah. And, no, no, you really can. You can hear the heart yeah. behind it. So, I mean, yeah. totally. And I well, get it as entertainment, you know. So that's good. good. And see, I, I was, we were joking before we even recorded. Like, I'm not your demographic at all, but I still love the show because it's so entertaining. That's and great. That's great. A, I love that. Yeah. yeah. And it's like a form of intel as a coach, of course, yeah. you know, the insight totally. into someone else's mind. But you, you, you know, you cover the topic that need to be covered with yeah. a little bit of, um, like I said, what it's spunk or sash or whatever. Uh, it's like entertaining. And, and it's a, it's two people, which is kind of cool too, because I've never actually interviewed two people on a podcast. So it's kind of interesting Ooh. to get. Oh, it's, this is first time. Good for you. Like, yeah, exactly. You know, so it's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, all right. So why don't we get into a little bit of the, the actual programming or the lifting side, which I like to dive in sometimes. Yeah. Um, two things. One is the mobility approach to uh, performance, you know, combining mo mobility with and leading that into strength. But then the other side is the full ROM, which I think there's a good segue between the two. Yes, uh, yeah. Mainly from the perspective, at least in, in my opinion, I hear a lot of times people say, well, I have an issue with mobility or I have bad knees or I have mm -hmm. whatever, and I can't squat to depth as a result. And I think we have it backward. I think it's, you need to work toward depth Mm -hmm. uh, with whatever lets you get there and that gets you stronger in that full range. And then yeah. that also improves the mobility, but that's just me. What, yeah. what is your take on that? Yeah. So it, this is where like the individualization of a program mm. is so important because 
like you said, you can get one client who's coming to you with knee pain and that's preventing them from squatting, you know, with the full range of motion. You might someone have someone else who has shoulder pain and we have a, a lot of weakness in that, you know, scapula area. So you have to prioritize those weaknesses and limitations that the person has, right? So that's why any any program that you find on the internet is always going to be inferior to a personal mm. training program, but obviously that's not feasible for everyone. But the, I just want to illustrate the importance of that because your coach, if they're a good coach, they're gonna they're, they're going to make that the the utmost priority in their program, like keeping you out of pain and allowing you to work through a full range of motion mm. is the absolute key to seeing success with your strength gains, your muscle gains, your mobility gains, all of that, right? So with the mobility aspect it's, it's hard to, the approach that I take is, okay, let's just say it's an, it's a, your average person who has, maybe they have some, some work to do, right? The, the most common issues I see are weak hips, uh, so, probably weak hamstrings, which potentially causes some knee issues. These are a lot of clients that I have. So we're going to be doing a lot of mobility work with that. And mm-hmm. what I've found over the years is that if I program a warm up they're never going to do it. So what I do is I sneak it into their program. So I create their warm up for them. So the approach I take is, okay, I'm going to program, let's just say the first two exercises, they're going to be more mobility focused uh, exercises to prime them for whatever compound mm-hmm. lifts they're doing mm-hmm. for the day. So, and that obviously depends on the person, if they're doing a full body workout, a more like upper body or a lower body day or, or whatever it is. I'm going to look at the person, where are their limitations? What do we need to work on? And I'm going to prioritize that in the beginning of the workout, because not only are they getting warmed up for the, the compound lifts, but we're making that the the thing that their body like is first doing in their workout. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be important, right? And they're fresh doing it. So that that's one way, especially I will do that if the person is really having some issues, like if they can't get to uh, whatever full range of motion we're trying to achieve, or if they are in pain, like that's going to be the main priority. Mm-hmm. Another way is I'll put it, put it at the end. And, but they're all, they're still going to be exercises in the actual workout because mobility is strength training, right? So I think of mobility and strength training or mobility, a, a mobility exercise and a more of a strength focused exercise, kind of like on a sliding scale, right? So there's mm-hmm. more of like on the mobility end, there's more of like your passive stretches, right? In the middle, um, there's something like, um, so we love, we've talked about a lot on our podcast, horse stance squat, which are probably new for people, but it's essentially just like a wider stance squat, which, um, with your toes forward and we're really working your, your hip strength, right? Your quad strength, but we're also opening up your hips as well. So it's a really good hip in adductor mobility drill too. So that's kind of somewhere in the middle for me. Like you can gain a lot of strength and that can apply to a movement like a squat or any of your lower body compound lifts. And it it just kind of depends on like where the person is at. Like, I wish I could give you like a more straight on answer, but sometimes I'm doing mobility work at the beginning and the end of a workout for people. Sometimes I'm throwing it in as just their warm up. So it's, it's so nuanced, but it's so important because Mm -hmm. once, once you do it and once you're you're able to train through a full range of motion it's crazy the results you're going to get and just illustrating that with people who I've let's say they can't get a full squat for example they're barely hitting parallel and maybe we're doing barbell back squats and I, I get them to take the weight off and sometimes I even like I don't want to say regress them but bring them back to like mm-hmm. a base goblet goblet squat where they're the the weight is front loaded so it's a mm-hmm. little bit easier for them to get deeper because you have that counter balance kind mm-hmm. of acting in the front of you so they're able to sink deeper and then their strength improves significantly and so does their muscle because that's just to illustrate the the power of training full, through a full range of motion so that's why 
mobility work is so important. So. Yeah. And I think that we have to remember that mobility and stability go hand in hand, right? So a mm. lot of people think they have a mobility issue yeah. when in reality they have a stability issue mm. or a strength in a specific range of motion issue, right? And so that is kind of where we start with everything, really. Mm. We look at your range of motion and we know the ideal range of motion for your body because it's different for everyone, mm. right? But we can see it in your biomechanics. Um, and then, you know, we do some various tests and assess and assessments um, and we figure out where those weaknesses lie. And a lot of times, like Katie said, it, it, a lot of times it's hip weakness. People are like, oh, my hips are tight. No, your hips are actually weak a or, lot of times. Yeah, or stability in their feet. Right. Yeah, um, could be any of those things. Because uh, one of the things that I do, and I know we're kind of honing in on the squats, but I see this a lot is, you know, maybe I'm doing an assessment with someone and they're barely hitting parallel. And then I'll have them hold on to like a pole or something. And I'm like, just sit in the bottom of a squat and they can do it. I'm like, see, your mobility is there. It's just you lack the stability and the strength to do it. So we just need to work on that. So that's, that's why it's example. so, yeah, it's so nuanced and it just <clears throat> is totally dependent on the person. So, yeah. yeah. Hey, this is Philip, and I hope you're enjoying this episode of Wits and Weights. If you're finding value in the content and want to stay up to date with all our latest episodes, be sure to hit the follow button on your favorite podcast platform. By following, you'll get notified whenever a new episode comes out and you won't miss out on knowledge and strategies to level up your health and fitness. All right, let's get back to the episode. Cool. Um, yeah, where do I want to go with this? Because <laughs> I, yeah, I love it. It's a lot, but, it's, it's a lot, but, it's, but it makes a ton of sense. I mean, how do you do this remotely with clients? Oh, yeah. That's a great question. <laughs> that is a really good question. So, man, I wish I had like this really cool way that I could tell you, which could potentially help a person, you know, be an online coach, but really it's just years of experience watching people. Um, mm -hmm. and I'm in the years of experience watching people in person is key. And that's what I think is the most important thing, um, is to get experience in person because you have to know, you have to learn on the fly, like to adjust the next set if needed or give them a cue in real time. So if I'm watching someone on a video, I, you know, I'll analyze their set there. I'll watch their whole video, right? If I'm noticing, noticing something and sometimes I'm watching it twice, like I can't figure this out. I can't pinpoint it, but it's more of just the longer that you train or you coach a person, the better you get to know how they move. And it's just the, over time, I just know, like I can, in, just as an, another example I can tell when people can do more weight too. Like I can notice that pretty mm -hmm. well in person, but I can see that on video too. Like, you know, your first set looked similar to your last or your first rep looks similar to your last rep. We're going to add weight. So it's the same thing with mobility. Like I can see someone's range of motion and I can, you know, if their camera is good, like I can see like, mo like the quality of like where, where they're at, you know, especially with different angles, it's sometimes hard with that, but I'll usually coach them. Like, can you get like more of a front view? Can you get a side view so I could see this? So it's less like real time in person, like let's fix it mm -hmm. for the next set. It's more of like, okay, I want to work on this, this, and this watch this video before the next time you do this workout and apply it to the next time you do it. So awesome. yeah. Yeah. And that, and that approach it's, it's great because, um, I think you're even giving the client a little bit more independence because they have to yeah. take everything totally. and synthesize it in their brain and then apply it. Um, it kind of sets them yeah. up for even more success long-term. <laughs> At least it seems that way. That's a yeah. good point, Philip. Like, yeah. I didn't even think of that. Like, no, it's yeah. it's really, yeah, it is really cool because a lot of the people, they're a little nervous with like taking videos and going to the workouts or going to mm -hmm. do the workouts on their own. And it does empower people because over, like after a few weeks, they're like, yeah, I got this, like mm -hmm. going to the gym. Like, yeah, it's not a big deal anymore. So yeah, that's a really good point. 
Yeah. Add, yeah. Add it to your marketing, marketing material. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Giving us a lot today. Um, yeah. No, but, no, that's great. Uh, and, and the thing about seeing people in person is key. I definitely have heard trainers talk about that. Like actually I, I'm at my current coach for training is an online coach mm-hmm. who it's, it's more in a club setting. Cause I, you okay. know, I don't need the one-on-one anymore, but mm-hmm. he, um, he, he was a trainer in person for years, you know, and he still has a club. Yeah. So yeah, huge. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. It really what, does help. Yeah. What about the skill-based training? I think that's a term you've used, skill-based training or right. resistance training as a skill. What do you mean by that? Yeah. Yeah. So all of the movements that you do when you're strength training are skills, right? Obviously, they're going to get you stronger and help you build muscle, but it's more of the mindset around it. So mm-hmm. when people work out, they most people work out because they have some aesthetic goal, right? And mm-hmm. that takes a sure. long time. And you don't get objective feedback, really. Even when you are reaching these goals and maybe someone looking looking at you and maybe looking at your before and after picture, for example, and they can objectively see a difference, but you personally might not because that's just how our brains are wired, right? So when you when you think of your the movements as skills, that that to me, you're going in and you're practicing these foundational movement patterns that every human should do. And you're practicing them and you're getting you're becoming essentially an expert at them the more you do them. But when your mentality shifts to I'm going to try to achieve this goal or this skill in the gym. It completely changes your mind, changes your mindset around training because now every workout you basically checked off a box, you know, as far as like, all right, I put in my work for the day or for the week in, um, along the lines of achieving this goal. Even at that, even if it's just like, we're talking about getting a full range of motion in your squat, right? So that could be the skill you're working towards, or like we coach a lot of women to do pull-ups like that, like that is more objective and it's really empowering over I want to look a certain way because you're not going to see that after every workout. You might have the the workout where you get your first pull up and that's fucking exciting. <laughs> like yeah. it's really awesome. And you have that objectively it happened. Right. So and it keeps people coming back once we can yeah. get your mindset to, OK, like we're going to go to the gym and I'm going to achieve these skills for the day. I'm going to do right. this work. I'm going to, you know, try to apply whatever intensity I need to. And then, okay, I've, co- I've accomplished something for the day versus I'm going to work out because I want to get six pack abs. Over, yeah, be, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to be a little discouraged because I didn't get it yeah, in this workout, yeah. which people know, but like on paper or people know on paper, but like mm-hmm. in their minds, like they want those quick results right away. So, yeah. Right. And I think, I think it's interesting because if you look at the research behind adult learning and you look at the research behind like when we learn things, what happens in our brains, um, mm-hmm. it, it's And so we like to add that to fitness as well, right? Because you're getting not just more benefit, but it's also something that's going to keep you coming back and keep you um, accountable and keep you showing up every time as you learn something. You ma- It's mastery, right? It's skill mastery. Yes. Yes. Um, even if it's just the littlest thing, it's still mastering a skill. And that does something very powerful. Um, especially, you know, when yeah. it comes to like having confidence over your own like body. Yeah. And it, it's, it's just fun when the, when the side effect of training these skills is that you get stronger and you tend to look better and your body yeah. composition starts totally. to get better. But that's yes. just, that is just a nice side effect that when you're focused on achieving these skills in the gym, mm-hmm. you're not so obsessed with the aesthetic aspect. Mm-hmm. And when mm-hmm. it happens, you're like, oh shit, like yeah. I wasn't even yeah. worried about yeah. it and it happens. So. And I, I think one of the hard parts about this, cause we talk about this a lot, but when it comes to like research on this, the interesting thing is that a lot of research when it comes in, in like at least previous research in strength um, and fitness 
has been on like machines, right? Because it's the easiest thing. Right. So they're, they're putting people on these machines and then they're not getting that skill aspect. Mm -hmm. So I'm very interested in, you know, more and more of the research coming out of people actually doing like skill-based movements, like squats, yeah, like deadlifts, things like that. Yeah. 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 Uh, I love this. I love your passion for this too. But the, yeah. the whole thing about small wins, quick wins, keeping people coming back. I mean, that's what it's all about. And have, haven't you heard or do you find that your clients, even their narrative and their language changes over time from, like you said, a mindset shift from the beginning to maybe they're even the ones seeking some of these gains that they never thought they would ask yes. for, right? Yeah. yeah, it's pretty crazy. Like, just sometimes the one thing I focus on with people is just getting enough protein in. Mm -hmm. And I've had a few clients recently where we've really honed in on that and they're consistently hitting their protein and they're like, holy shit, mm -hmm. I, have, I have never felt stronger than I have right now. And yeah. I'm like, isn't that awesome? Like, <laughs> isn't that really cool that you really didn't change anything else besides getting enough protein and yep. now look at you. Like now you're, you know, maybe you're PRing on your squats or whatever, but it's like, their their mindset has shifted to like I just want to like crush my training yep. and that's really cool to see because most people when they come to you or you as in like any trainer anywhere like <laughs> they want to lose weight like that's the number one goal that people see yes. right or they want to get toned and lose weight and it's just like okay I've learned to not scoff at that because that's mm -hmm. not mm -hmm. how you that's right. that's how you lose people really quickly but over time with coaching with you know some coaching and a lot of like education for them it slowly starts to like click mm -hmm. in their brains. And that's the really cool part. And that's the most fun part because it's yeah. like, now it's going to be part of their life forever. Forever. It's not yeah. just like I have a wedding in six months and mm -hmm. I want to look this way, but now it's like, oh, I feel really good doing this and I want to continue doing this for life. So that's yeah, a revelation. Oh, I love yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so related to that, right. We talked a little bit about how strength training can then improve other things, right? Productivity, confidence, capability, yes. uh, performance, how you feel, uh, not focusing on the scale, not focusing on food or except as fuel, you know, in a positive mm -hmm. way. Um, I think so one of you, maybe it was you, um, Heather, because you're more into the research, uh, did an eight week university program, I think with women employees. <laughs> yeah. I did. Yeah. We found some results, right? Can you tell us about that? Yeah, yeah, totally. So one of the universities I worked at, um, I did a little bit of a, okay, this was not like uh, IRB approved or anything. So I <laughs> didn't actually do <laughs> you know, a whole okay. resource project, but um, I did collect some data um, and it was really interesting. Um, and so what I did was I took a group uh, of women and I created basically an eight week program and it was resistance training twice a, twice a week as a community. Um, and we tested their one rep max or excuse me, not their one rep max there. I think it was their five rep max, actually, because at this point, some of them were not trained. So I would never test their one rep right. max right away. So we did like a five rep max test in the beginning of I think it was overhead press deadlift. Um, there may have been a squat in there as well. Um, and then we, at the end of the eight weeks, we tested it again. But the other thing that we did alongside this was we did a survey. And we asked about um, we asked them to self-report how they felt um, in their jobs. So what was their confidence um, public speaking in their job when they had to, to speak in front of mm -hmm. someone? What was their confidence asking for a raise if they felt like they deserved one? Um, how did they feel connected to their community at work? What was their productivity like? Um, questions like that. And, and the cool thing was after the eight-week program, not only did every single person obviously increase their five rep max for all their mm -hmm. lifts, um, they also increased their confidence. They increased their productivity. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was just really, really cool. And they also built community because we did it as a group, which was really neat. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. It's great to see the science there. I mean, you know it from anecdotally, but it's really cool to just test it 
longitudinally yeah. like that in a short time frame. Nice. Yeah. So yeah. So I want to I want to ask you about your podcast. Okay. So yeah. <laughs> stronger than your boyfriend. Great name. Great podcast. <laughs> yeah. And the tagline. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. It's good. Um. The actually, you know what? I, it's funny because I'm I'm doing a speech for Toastmasters. Speaking of public speaking. Oh wow. And, oh cool. Nice. And good for you. I kind of stole your title a little bit Go for my for speech, and I called it "Stronger Than Her Boyfriend." Uh, <laughs> implying that I want to be stronger than my daughter's boyfriend when she gets older. But anyway, oh, that's, that's right. You know, that's right. That, that was like that. She um, should be stronger than her if she, you know, and that, yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's fine with me. Yeah. Um, so the tagline is helping you navigate the BS and toxic misinformation in the fitness industry one episode at a time. Mm-hmm. And this is just my opinion, but I feel like we're kindred spirits when it comes to <laughs> cutting through the uh, insanity, right? Yeah. Uh, the the social algorithms, the yeah. the stunts that you see online, the um, <laughs> misleading, dangerous, let's call mm-hmm. it dangerous information. Yeah. yeah. It is. Usually for a quick buck or to sell something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so my question is, what is the most BSEBS or <laughs> like radioactively toxic nonsense that you've seen? Oh my God. I feel like we could do a whole hour on this. <laughs> <laughs> Just <laughs> pick the top three. No. <laughs> it's... Man, a lot of it is going to relate to the fitness industry messaging towards women. Mm-hmm. And, that, and and I know that's slowly changing. And that's, I mean, we talked about it in the beginning. That's part of the reason why we started our brand. But it's just the, we're do a bunch of cardio, lose weight, long lean muscles, toning, like all of that is not a thing. <laughs> and the, I guess it's, it's just a lot of the, okay, eat less, move more. That in and of itself can work for some people, but for most people who are training and they've tried and tried so many things, it doesn't work for them. So that's why we're all about adding and we're adding strength training in, we're adding protein in, we're adding calories in. And that I feel like is kind of the overarching toxic is, I don't know, there's so many like toxic little nuggets you find here and there. And you can go on Instagram right now and get like a bunch. (laughs) You can just go from one. Don't do that though. Cause then your algorithm's going to just get you worse stuff than that. Or TikTok (laughs) or whatever you're looking at. But yeah, it's just, that's why we've kind of built our brand and our target audience around that. And, and, Mm -hmm. and why we Mm -hmm. decided to, to really do the podcast so we can talk about it long form and not try to like do these Instagram reels where people have, you know, 15 second intentions, attention span. Right. So it's like, how can we have to talk this through? And that's why we, you know, do give a little bit of research to try to, to help back up our claims, but it's more of like, let's talk this through because that like eating less, moving more isn't the way and mm-hmm. it's, it's not going to be sustainable long-term. So yeah, I, I think, I mean, I think you nailed it. Yeah. yeah. And, man. I mean, I, I know you said one, but it's like the, what I feel like I'm seeing right now, probably mostly on social media, is mm-hmm. like the we're either going to cut out all vegetables, we're going to cut out all meat, we're going to cut mm-hmm. out all carbs, we're going to just cut, cut, cut because this mm-hmm. way is the hi- this way or the highway. And I just think that is so toxic for people because everyone's on social media and there are if you're someone into fitness, this shit is going to pop up on your feed because of the algorithms and you're going to learn that vegetables are bad for you because they have, I don't know, some whatever toxic effects in your body. or something. Like, yeah. Yeah. Are we, are we serious <laughs> right now? It's hard enough to get people to eat whole natural foods. And now you're telling them to not eat vegetables. Like it's just, it's really that shit. I really just want to caution people to to take with a grain of salt and do your due diligence. And like, if you really want to try a certain diet or whatever, that's fine, but do your research and like maybe talk to a professional who can maybe co- coach you through it. But 
that is the, the bullshit that I'm seeing right now because like the, I feel like this whole like primal movement is like on Instagram right now. And it's like, what? Oh, We're in 2023. Yeah. Like what yeah. are Liver we doing? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. yes. <laughs> we, yeah. Let's eat, you know, a whole fucking raw liver and like, just be okay. Like, no, <laughs> like, like let's have a more like balanced approach. Like, yes, try to eat whole foods as much as you can. But like we also live in 2023 and there's cake and ice cream and that's fun to eat sometimes. But as long as that's not, you know, the majority of your diet, it's going to be OK. You're not going to die yeah. like or you're not going to just, you know, wipe all the the things you've been working towards. Right. So, yeah, I, I just, think it's yeah. interesting because it has changed over the years. Right. Because I think back in like 2013 or 2014, when we did that presentation, remember that we, oh, we did yeah. a collegiate pres- a university okay. presentation on fitness myths. Yeah. And back then, I think it was, you know, way different than what's prevalent today. Yeah. So, I mean, I think your question is valid, but I feel like you could ask us over different decades. Yeah. And have different yeah. We, should, we should do this podcast next year and see what we've yeah. called yeah. out. I know. I know. That's the same question. So yeah. here's the thing. I, on your most recent episode, you had a Q&A and one of those was about seed oils, right? Oh, and yes. yeah. I really appreciated your treatment of that because I, I'm fully in alignment as a nutrition coach. Nothing's off the, pretty much nothing's off the table mm-hmm. other than maybe like trans fats or something yeah. in a very tiny right. corner. Um, but even the way you treated seed oils was like this healthy skepticism where you said, look, the evidence is equivocal. We don't quite know. Maybe don't take the chance and just don't mm-hmm. cook with it on your own, but you're going to go out to eat and you're going to maybe get occasionally mm-hmm. fine. It's going to sneak in, but like, let's not, you know, go panic about it yeah. and start and start going the opposite direction saying it's just going to kill you, you know? Yeah. And that should be your approach to, to your whole like nutritional yeah. philosophy, right? Like yeah. it's like mm-hmm. make the food at home that you cook like whole natural foods. And then when inevitably you go on vacation or you go out to dinner, like don't stress about it because you've been doing well, like the majority of the time. So one meal is going to kill you. One time you eat vegetable oils isn't going to kill you. Like, I feel like that's a really big trend right now too. It's like this all or nothing. Vegetable oils are going to kill you. And it's like where there is actually no meta analysis that show that, but also Mm -hmm. I'm not going to take a chance because I know olive oil is really healthy for you. Avocado oil, coconut oil, like even butter in small quantities, whatever. Like I just, I think that's a little bit more nutritious personally. Yeah. And if you see the way the sea oils are made, you're like, yeah, I don't know about that. (laughs) We don't take the chance, but like my family, our family, my family was just in town and we went out to dinner a few times. Was I stressing and like, Hey, can you cook this in butter? And like, please Mm -hmm. don't like touch my food with your seed oils and blah, 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 blah. (laughs) No, I'm not going to do that. You're not going to be weird. Yeah. I'm not going to be the weirdo to do that. Um, you know, and it's like, it's, it's okay. You're not going to mm-hmm. die. Like I remember reading something and I don't even know if this is true. They were like, yeah, if you eat vegetable oil, it stays in your system for two years and it's oh. just like carcinogenic. And I'm like, why that. are we saying this? <laughs> why? I feel like probably the other things that you're doing or not doing are probably more carcinogenic right. or, you know, cancer promoting, whatever you want to say, than the small amount of canola oil that you might've eaten on your chicken. Like it's just, yeah. it's, yeah, well, and, it, the, and the and the, and these these reels or whatever are always put out as if it's a big secret, right? It's like here's the thing they're not telling you. Here's the thing you don't know. Yeah. Boom, I'm going to lay it out on you. And by the and way, here's like, my supplement. Yeah, yeah, like calm down. Like you're people are already scared. They're like, yeah. Yeah. oh it's my god, uh, carbs or oh my god, fat. And it's like, what can you eat? Literally nothing. Yeah, because now the next thing yeah. they're going to demonize is protein. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to put that out there right now. Like too much protein is going to kill you. And it's like, all right, well then we're just going to try to be plants and like live off the sun. <laughs> Yeah. No <laughs> argument for me. No. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's just a balanced approach. And with, with the vegetable oils in particular, or this vegetable and seed oils, it's like, we don't cook with them, but we're not going to stress if we encounter them, mm-hmm. you know, right. outside. Right. So yeah. yeah. 
So a more positive um, tie into your, uh, <laughs> no, 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 that's cool. Yeah. No, that's what we got. We got to lay it out. It's real. Yeah. Um, your podcast as well. I was curious if it's made you better coaches. I, yeah, I think so. And we're, we've only been doing it for what, six months now. Yeah. So I think there's, long. yeah, there's a lot of room for, for growth there as well, podcast hosts and coaches, particularly, you know, me in general, cause I do a lot more coaching than Heather, I should say. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it has helped. And I, I have learned to, to definitely like, okay, take a step back and just listen and listen to others opinions too. And mm-hmm. like, think about, you know, what you're going to say before you say it more, because if you couldn't tell I'm more the person that's just like, I'm going to say whatever's on the top of my mind. Mm-hmm. So it, it definitely has helped me with that because I, I still do have a few in-person clients and that applies to them as well because I'm having conversations in real time with them. Yeah, yeah. So even if we're not talking about anything when it comes to fitness, I'm just like, oh, okay, your opinion is this. Well, let me, let me come at you with, you know, a warm approach versus like, no, 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 no. Like I'm going to debate your opinion in this kind of controversial way. So, so far that's what I've noticed Mm -hmm. um, because I do have a lot of conversations with clients and it's like, okay, just learn to listen and learn to think through your thoughts a little bit more. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think it, it, causes us to be a little more discerning when we're looking at various topics and yeah. and things like that. When you're doing the research for a podcast, you know, you really want and you really want to give all the information you can that is legitimate. And so, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it, it does cause us to do I mean, our blog has always done that too, right? We've always yeah. done a lot of research for that. But I don't know the podcast. It's it's yeah, we do a lot of them. We do two episodes yeah. a week. So <laughs> well, kind of okay. going back with the vegetable slash seed oil example yeah. to That's illustrate this, like we I think a few years ago, we were very much on the train. Like we, we don't want any vegetable oils in our diet at all. Yeah. But then we wanted to do, or we, we saw some questions. We saw this kind of movement on Instagram and we were going to do this, you know, answer this question on the podcast. And I'm like, you know, I started the initial research on them and I was like, Heather, I cannot find anything like any long-term study that shows this is harmful. And I think we, we saw some other, there's like, there's a lot of correlation, correlation, right? But there's nothing that, we can't yeah. say causation yet. Yeah. So, you so, know, we have to be real yeah. about that. And that's the thing with science is your opinion is going to change. And so yeah. I'm sure mm-hmm. that there are episodes that we're going to go back next year and be like, like, well, guess what? Yeah. New data has come out and we are changing our mind about this. Yeah. And we've learned about this. But that's science and it's always going to change. Yeah. And, and that's how coaches evolve. And that's yeah. totally right. natural. Any coach that's like, no, I still believe this thing from 20 years ago. They're mm-hmm. probably yeah (laughs) just like if when i first started i tried to almost make everyone a power lifter like not that they would compete but i was like you're gonna squat bench and deadlift but grandma grandma karen you know who's 75 and is never strength trained in her life i don't think she really should be doing barbell back squats yet like we could work towards getting there but we need some you know variations to build up to that so it's like it's kind of you know it's it's definitely there's nuance in everything and you just have to be open enough and open-minded enough to be able to change your opinions and be okay with it. And like, not really care what people think because Mm -hmm. you're always going to have people who are in those like dogmatic camps, like vegan carnivore seed oils, like all this. And those people are just going to be those people, but most people aren't. Most people have opinions, but are open to change. And that's what you have to be as a good coach. You have to be open to changing your mind and be okay with it and not be embarrassed by it, but also like be willing to grow from it because you're always going to do that. And you, as uh, you know, you should, you should always be trying to grow in your career, in your life, you know, et cetera. So 
Excellent. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> now, I just wanted to pause at that those thoughts because it's all it's all great stuff, and I agree. Yeah. Podcasting is has so many values for um, not not only the research part of it, but even consider being on others. And you have I know you've interviewed folks on your podcast as well. I'm sure you like even selfishly ask them questions that you want to learn, which then the totally. audience learns from. Oh, yeah, and you totally. coach that way too. Yeah. 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 It's been really fun. We're starting to get more and more people on the podcast, which is going to be really fun for me. No, for sure. Yeah. Um, okay. So second to last question, I like to ask this of all guests and that yeah. is what, what question did you wish I had asked and what is your answer? Hmm. I think we're, we're, this is our hard one that we were talking about right before this, but I, maybe being a, a female coach in this industry, um, has its challenges. It's a very male dominated industry. So how we've kind of uh, pushed through that because personal training in general, the turnover rate is insanely high. So like when I, at the gyms in in Chicago that I, that I worked at, like there was trainer after trainer, like there was select few trainers that were there for years. Mm -hmm. I was probably one of the only women who was there for years at the gym that I was at. So yeah, just kind of pushing through that and, and I don't want to say competing, but being up against like a very being, you know, integrated in a very male dominated industry, which I feel like a lot of industries are, but this one specifically is hard because a lot of people don't see women as authorities. And I think that's slowly changing. But if you're training with a big jacked guy, which you know, Phil, like it's easier for you to build muscle when you're a guy. (laughs) So it's like, if you're, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about yeah. me, but yes. <laughs> so like if you're, if, if you're a, a you know, a, a client and then you get me, who's like a smaller woman and I have some muscle, but like, you know, I'm not like walking around in a tank top and shorts. So it's like, but then you see this jack guy and okay, he's, he's super jacked and he's really muscular and ripped. Like I'm going to listen to him. Hmm. So even though I might have better information or my coaching style, maybe will fit with them a little bit more. It's that, you know, working through that was, Mm -hmm. was interesting. And I don't hear a lot of female coaches talk about that, nor do I ever hear them get asked that too. So I guess that's the answer. Yeah, (laughs) no, I think that's a good answer. We we just had an episode too on our podcast pretty recently. Um, Well, I don't know when this will come out, but it was called how to fire your trainer. And we, (laughs) we talked about this and we talked about what makes a good trainer and how as the client to find that and what red flags to look for and things like that. But that kind of goes along with what Katie's talking about. Like it's fitness in general, a lot of times is about image Mm -hmm. and we are definitely that like is not our brand. Right. (laughs) And so that has been hard. Um, And then throw on top of that being a woman and then throw on top of that being a gay woman, you know, it's just been a challenge. And so I guess that's just Mm -hmm. something we kind of wanted to talk about. Yeah. It's, you know, and again, I think this is definitely changing now, but if you were a successful female coach, you probably looked a certain way. Like you had, you know, quote unquote, perfect body. Whereas like a lot of the, the guys, uh, the guy trainers that I worked with didn't, <laughs> you know, and which d- shouldn't matter. Right. It right, shouldn't right. matter, but it's like, I was almost less than because I wasn't super ripped or jacked mm-hmm. like them. And that I had to work three times as hard to get someone's mm-hmm. respect and get them to trust me in that I knew what I was doing versus like, I'm going to go to this jacked guy who like maybe even has a little beer belly, but he's jacked and he's a guy. So that is what I've personally, and like 
whatever people can get get their woke bullshit fired up like you know they're so like offended by quote-unquote woke culture but i'm telling you my experience as a female coach and that is a big part of what i experienced when i first started so if you want to like chalk it up to woke woke culture or whatever like go for it but i'm telling you like you can have your opinions but when you actually live it and you kind of grind through it like it's it, it was rough and I'm honestly surprised I stuck through it, but I just like I really, you know, figured out the passion for helping people and to ch- help change this message, even if it's just we're a small part of the fitness industry, even, if, you know, the small impact we have on our little community, like it's worth it for both of us. So that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's what I was, I was going to the follow up was going to be how how can you change the message? I mean, you're already doing it right. But how can yeah. others listening help? Yeah, with that? yeah. Yeah. Well, share our, po- listen to our podcast and yeah. share it. I feel <laughs> there like you go. that's the best way because if you, you know, if you look at the, the episode titles and it's a topic that you're interested in, like just having the ability to talk through it long form and hash mm-hmm. out ideas, it's you, what, whatever your opinion is or not, like you can still agree with us or you could still disagree with us, but you've still listened to our experience and our, the research that we've done and also our opinions as well. So it's just a really good way to to get to know us and potentially, you know, change your mindset around fitness, which we've had um, and just sharing, you know, the podcast and different Facebook groups or whatever social media platforms. And I've gotten some messages like, wow, I would have never thought of, you know, working out this way or strength training this way or eating more this way or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah. Changing lives. That's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No. And and my last question is going to be, where can people find you? So obviously you can download your podcast Yeah, and then where else can they find you? Yeah. So our website is barpathfitness.com. Um, so you can find it there. You can download our, um, what is it? Uh, how to find your maintenance calorie guide. Um, and you know, get added to the newsletter. Um, and then we do have a Facebook group as well yeah. right now called Stronger Than Your Boyfriend. Yeah. It's just like the just yeah. like mm-hmm. the podcast. Um, so you can jump in there too. Sometimes we do challenges and various yeah. things like that. Yeah, we do challenges. We do live trainings. Um, if you want to like post, if you want to post a video of yourself lifting and you want some like form analysis, we're, mm. we'll jump on there and critique it. I mean, that's where we're at right now. Um, I mean, we we plan on the, the Facebook group to, to continue to grow. So I don't know if that will, it will stay that way. So I would take advantage of it now. Cool. Um, but yeah, and then social the social meds oh, as I the social meds she always says it like Bar that. Pat, uh, mostly Instagram, um, Instagram and Facebook is where we're most active at Bar Path Fitness on Instagram. We do post a little on the TikTok, um, <laughs> sort of. We potentially might get better at it. We'll see, but that's it's the same handle at Bar Path Fitness. So yeah, yeah. all that's right, cool. So all that's going to be in the show notes, no matter what. Um, I'm going to yeah. encourage people who are listening to download your podcast, Stronger Than Your Boyfriend. Definitely go check out the same Facebook group and then your website, which is barpathfitness.com. Yes. yes. Perfect. And I mean, this was so much fun. This is one of the best yeah. interviews I've had on the show. What? No Fantastic. way. Yeah. Do you say that to everyone? Yeah. Do you say that to everyone? I, I do up? not. You can go. It's on the record. Go I'm listen go to my back. shows. Listen I've, to a few. I'm going to go back and listen to all of them now. <laughs> I, I might have <laughs> thought, should I say that? And I'm like, no, I'm going to reserve it till that. I really mean it. And there okay, we go. Okay. So. Um, we appreciate that. <laughs> well, you two have so much integrity. Like that's what really comes out. All, all of this, whatever the specific message is, the importance is it, you've got the value and the integrity yeah. um, and it shows. So thank you so much for taking the time. I'm very grateful that you came on the show. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, this thanks was, for having this was us. so awesome. And we're excited to have you on ours soon. So. <laughs> yes. Looking forward yeah. to it. Yes. Well, thank you so much. This was so much fun. If you've been inspired by today's interview and are ready to take action and build momentum on your health and fitness journey, 
just schedule a free 30-minute nutrition momentum call with me using the link in my show notes. I promise not to sell or pitch you on anything, but I will help you gain some perspective and guidance so we can get you on the right track toward looking and feeling your best. Hey, before you go, I want to let you know about a free resource I have. They are free guides on everything from fat loss to eating out to building muscle to managing hunger to figuring out the best macros for you and more being added all the time. You want to get the most out of these podcasts and your time to look and feel your best, and these free guides will give you a quick and easy way to know what to do. If you want to get your hands on these completely free guides, you can head over to witsandweights.com slash free. That's witsandweights.com slash free to get your free guides and level up your results today.